and welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. As always, I'm your co-host, Arthur Stone, and with me, as always, is your co-host, Andy Hart. Hello, everybody. Hi, Andy. Hi, Art. Andy, a very peculiar thing has kind of happened to us today. Yeah, I agree. Um, a very strange occurrence, you know, uh, it, you know, it's a very weird thing. Yeah, I would say that this has been, uh, an unusual day for us. A day in which we were abducted. That's right. We should give the listeners a little bit of a background about what's going on here, right? Why are we here? Why are we here? Uh, Andy and I, we've known each other for quite a while, right? Yeah. You would say that? Yeah. Almost the better part of a decade. Close to a decade. Um, Andy and I are comedians. We're family men. We're family men. We're. Um, but mostly we're improvisers <laughs> in Chicago, unfortunately. We do a lot of things not well. We do a lot of things not well. And um, we, uh, we were abducted recently by um, a man by the name of Mr. Bunker. The titular bunker. We were abducted by um, him. He's kind of a, uh, a sort of a crazy conspiracy theorist, doomsday prepper kind of guy. Um, you know, he's he's really he's really he's a really strange guy. And uh, we were abducted by him recently. His name's a little on the nose. His honestly. name is a little on the nose, but that's okay. And he um, he took us to his underground bunker, which is which is where we are, which is where we are right now. And uh, he, you know, while we were down here, we found a whole bunch of different, um, you know, doomsday prep supplies. Those those pouches of macaroni and cheese. Pouches of mac. So many pouches of macaroni and cheese. Uh, you know the kind. That you sell know the at Costco. Kind. Yes, the kind they sell at Costco, the Easy Mac. Um, there were ammunitions, you know, stuff like that. It was a bunker. It's an underground bunker. It's Motor a conspiracy bunker. And uh, amongst paper. all of it, we found some podcasting equipment. We felt the need. Well, also he forced us. Well, yeah, I mean, this is part of the plan. But we got to do something if we're going to be stuck down. We got to tell our story. Um, he basically came up to us and he said that we have to podcast to the world all of his crazy conspiracy theories, all of his ideas. He's certain that all of human history and all of world events are connected in some meaningful way. That's right. And we've been tasked with sorting through it and finding the universal truth you know he wants all things he wants us to uh to yeah to go out there and i think convince the world of his theories and what he thinks and uh to spread his ideas you know out there um and that's and that's i guess what we're going to have to do cuz we're stuck down here we don't have anything else to do <laughs> we you, we might never see our families we again we can't leave <laughs> I don't know where we are other than this bunker. That's true. Um, Geographically speaking. Did, 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 how did you get abducted? 
How did I get abducted? Yeah. Because for me, he just showed up in a white van that said, uh, the, uh, there was a sign that said, free um, raw denim jeans. Yeah. And I just went inside. I, yeah. I was like, I'm sold. That's, that's what I would expect, I guess. <laughs> if there was an easy way to capture art, that's it. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I sat down in a massage chair mm. at the mall. and Like a sharper image. Like one of those that's in the that's oh. in the, the middle of the mall. Right, 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 right. Not a, in a, a reputable kiosk. A kiosk. Yeah, yeah. Not at a reputable store. Yeah. Not even at a reputable kiosk. Just a, a massage chair off to the side. Mm. Like one of the automatic ones. Not like with a person there who does shiatsu on you or something. So there wasn't even a shiatsuer. No, it's it's like a coin op thing. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah, it turned it out it. Turned out to be Mr. Bunker. He was dressed up like a He's massage chair. He dressed up in a chair, and he took me away. Wow. So uh, it's safe to say we're not the easiest. You know, we're, we're pretty easy to fool. But In hindsight, I shouldn't have sat in the chair. In hindsight, you sit in a lot of things that you shouldn't sit in. <laughs> uh, hello, Redline. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh. You know, I kind of, I asked him too, I asked him like, why us? Why doesn't he just do it himself? And he gave me a couple of reasons. One, he's very bashful. He's he's so bashful. I, he had to hide in a chair to abduct me. Yeah, he, he had to hide in a chair. He had to hide behind in a van for me and he had to hide in a chair for you. Mm-hmm. And I said like, you know, why don't you just, why don't you just do it yourself? And he got so embarrassed. He started blushing and he he took his finger out and he put it in his cheek and he started yeah. rubbing it and he just was looking down. He's like, "Oh, I can't. I'm too shy." That's yeah, that's him. Yeah, it's a spot on impression. Yeah, I mean that's him in a nutshell. And so I guess part of it is that he is he's shy, but then also part of it was that you know, Andy, I've known you for a long time, and listeners don't know you, but if they did. I think it would be safe to say they could wager a bet that you're somewhat of a skeptic. Is that, I mean, is that too... I think that's fair. That's fair to say, right? I think that's fair. You're kind of like the um, scully of our of our dynamic, right? Right. You don't believe anything. You think there's a scientific reason or something like that I for never, everything. I never think that a complicated answer is the right one. That's right. You always think it's... Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Or the band Kiss. Yeah. Either one. Either one. It's either Gene, Gene Simmons or just it's a simple answer. If we have to look into any Kiss-related theories, I'll probably believe it. Gene Simmons did it. Gene Simmons did it. But me, I'm, I, I would say I'm skeptical of things, too. I mean, you know, but at the same time, I'm also kind of gullible. And I kind of tend to believe stuff. Yeah, I'd say you're easier to to hoodwink. Yeah, because I'm a me. big fucking idiot. I mean, those aren't the terms I would use. <laughs> Either way, you know, that was his other reason for abducting us and bringing us down here was that I think he wants to try and convince us with these theories or talk, have us talk about these theories and send them out there and see if he can bring us over to his side. He knows... That with our reputations as skeptics, that if he can convince us, then he can convince anybody. That's true. So the shyness, 
on top of the um, wanting to convince people, I think, was the reason why he wanted us to do this. So here we are. We're abducted. We're trapped in this bunker. We have no idea how long we're going to be down here. And we're going to talk about stuff. We're going to talk about conspiracy theories. We're going to talk about paranormal activity. We're going to talk about strange disappearances and occurrences. I mean, a whole host Unsolved of mysteries. Unsolved mysteries. Um, not the TV series, but not the TV actual series. mysteries. That's right. Um, and that's pretty much what we set out to do. And we've got a bit of a doozy for the first one, Andy. <laughs> do we ever? What a way to start. The first episode that, or the first piece of research that Mr. Bunker wants us to talk about is a little project called MK Ultra. Andy, did you know anything about this project before diving into the research? I'll be honest with you, Art. I had never heard anything about MK Ultra until Mr. Bunker told us to get cracking on it. And boy, have I learned a lot. Yeah, I think I have too. I think it was I think MKUltra is a project that is big enough that it's in the general zeitgeist. Yeah. Like you see mind control and references to it in a lot of different places. Yeah. Like I think I knew what it meant. I always thought it was some kind of like pill or a secret thing that someone injects or like I I I feel like it was a verb. I always used it as a verb like oh they got MKUltraed. Yeah. They got wiped out. Wiped. Blank I mean, slated. Manchurian Candidate that comes a, up all the time. And that was a movie that neither of us have seen. I've never seen it. Yeah, I haven't either. But it's it's like a every I think it's it's popular usage now. It is. It's in the general zeitgeist. Yeah, it's out there. You can call people Manchurian candidates, you can call them MK Ultra. Either way, we've got uh, a little bit of research here that we're gonna do. So um I don't know, Andy. I guess we should kind of get into it. Yeah. Let's let's dive right in, listeners. Uh, this is MK Ultra. At the end of the Korean War, captured American GIs returned home. Their bodies remain intact, but their minds completely brainwashed. They denounce American ways of life and repeat communist propaganda. It would seem that the communists had unlocked the key to brainwashing and mind control, and the CIA wanted a piece of that power. That was the exact plan behind one of the CIA's most infamous projects, Project MKUltra. From experimental druggings on military researchers to electromagnetic brain implants, MKUltra sought to control individuals to do the CIA's bidding, even if it meant death. An American assassin could execute an order and then completely forget the details, or a foreign enemy could be reprogrammed to serve the needs of the U.S. The race to unlock the Manchurian candidate was on. The CIA just needed the key. To understand Project MKUltra, we first have to look at a previous covert operation, Project Paperclip. Project Paperclip was a clandestine effort by the Joint Intelligence Objectives Agency that sought to recruit 1,600 German scientists to America after World War II, many of whom were former members and leaders of the Nazi Party. One of the most notable recruits of Operation Paperclip was Werner von Braun, 
whose team helped launch Saturn-1 into space. He and many other recruits from Operation Paperclip would go on to form the bulk of NASA. But a portion of the recruits from the operation were designated as mine scientists and put to work on the project that would become MKUltra. Project MKUltra started as a counteraction to alleged similar Soviet and communist operations of drugging, experimenting on prisoners of war, and mind control. Then-CIA director Alan Welsh Dulles began the project on April 13, 1953. Chemist and spymaster Sidney Gottlieb was put in command of the project. In the beginning, the CIA was instructed to only operate overseas and affect foreign affairs. The CIA wanted a way to possibly manipulate foreign leaders. This was especially crucial during MKUltra's height in the 60s, as the CIA and the U.S. became increasingly paranoid of communism's stranglehold over foreign countries and the Cold War escalated. But as Project MKUltra showed, many Americans, not enemies of the state, were unwilling participants in their quest for the key to unlock mind control. Much of what we know about Project MKUltra is through various experiments and published studies, the funding of which can be traced back to the CIA. Much of the project's documents were destroyed in 1973 under orders from then-CIA director Richard Helms. However, some documents were misfiled and brought to light in a Senate hearing on the project in the late 70s. MKUltra is a complex web of subprojects. It's said to be an umbrella project covering up to 129 subprojects. A bulk of MKUltra research involved injecting unwilling participants full of synthetic drugs and observing their reactions. One particularly odious project was conducted by Dr. Harris Isbell of the Lexington Public Health Service Hospital in Kentucky, a U.S. government facility for treating drug abuse. Isbell was asked by the CIA to conduct research on a wide range of drugs, including LSD, mescaline, marijuana, DMT, and many others. Many of his test subjects were volunteers, and in exchange for their participation, they received high-quality injections of morphine. One extreme example of Isbell's research involved drugging black inmates with LSD for 77 days straight. One of the most well-known MKUltra experiments led to the death of Dr. Frank Olson, a researcher with the Army Chemical Corps Special Operations Division at Fort Detrick in Frederick, Maryland. During the three-day working retreat in the remote Deep Creek Lodge, near the fort, MKUltra's chief mastermind, Sidney Gottlieb, ordered LSD to be administered to Olson and the few other researchers attending without their knowledge. Twenty minutes after ingesting the drug-laced beverages, Gottlieb informed the researchers of the experiment and began taking note of their reactions. The scientists in attendance immediately began to feel the effects of the drug, but Olson had a particularly severe reaction. He was noted as psychotic, and agitated, and unable to sleep. The experiment was such a disaster that the retreat was cut short. When he went home, Olson's wife Alice noticed that he didn't seem the same. Normally when he returned home from these types of meetings, Olson was refreshed and his normal self. But this time he was irritable and depressed. A few days later, Olson informed his superiors that he wanted to quit or be fired from his current position. His superiors convinced him to stay, and Olson seemed to return to normal. But a few days later, Olson reported feeling all mixed up and questioning his own competence with his work. His superiors contacted Gottlieb's deputy, Robert Lashbrook, to arrange for Olson to see a psychiatrist. 
Lashbrook and Gottlieb arranged for Olson to see Dr. Harold Abramson in New York, a man with no formal psychiatric training, but who had been working with the CIA in LSD research under agency contract. Lashbrook and Olson's supervisor, Lieutenant Ruitt, accompanied him on the trip to New York. Olson became increasingly paranoid of the CIA's efforts to experiment on him and depressed. Abramson treated Olson twice on his visit to New York, with no visual signs of improvement. The group even tried to lift Olson's spirits by attending a musical together, but Olson left halfway through after having extreme bouts of paranoia during the show. Abramson cleared Olson to return home to see his family on Thanksgiving, but he would never make it. After arriving back in Washington, Olson told Ruit he was ashamed to see his family in this state. The group contacted Gottlieb and decided Lashbrook would take Olson back to New York to see Abramson, while Ruit would go to Olson's family. Abramson, Lashbrook, and Olson ate a sad, joyless Thanksgiving dinner together. Afterwards, Abramson concluded that he couldn't handle Olson and recommended hospitalization, which Olson agreed to. Gottlieb and Lashbrook devised a plan to send Olson to a hospital with CIA-cleared staff. Lashbrook and Olson checked into their room on the 10th floor of the Statler Hotel in New York. That night, for the last time, Olson talked to his wife on the phone. Lashbrook woke up in the early hours of the morning, just in time to see Olson run headfirst into the window and crash onto the sidewalk below. U.S. citizens were not the only targets of the CIA's mind control program. Canadian mental patients of the Allen Memorial Institute, the premier psychiatric hospital connected to McGill University in Montreal, were unknowingly subjected to CIA mind control experiments. The head of the Allen Memorial Institute was Dr. Ewan Cameron. Cameron was an accomplished psychiatric researcher who demanded results through more objective forms of treatment rather than slower Freudian techniques. Many of Cameron's colleagues described him as an insecure man with a lust for power. So it would seem fitting that when the CIA, using their shadow front organization, the Human Ecology Fund, offered Cameron a $60,000 research grant to further his research, he gladly accepted. Cameron was no stranger to invasive psychiatric treatments. One of his and many other psychiatrists' main treatments for patients with severe depression was electroshock therapy where a patient would be put to sleep and have electroshocks pulsed into their brain. Cameron took this treatment one step further. He believed he could reprogram the human mind through a process he called depatterning. Cameron would induce sleep in his patients, sometimes for weeks straight, through heavy abuse of drugs paid for by the CIA. After subjecting patients to drug-induced sleep, they would then perform extensive electroshock therapy at rates far exceeding the norm at the time. For example, most electroshock therapists at the time used 110 volts for one second, one time a day. But Cameron used 150 volts three or four times daily. Lastly, Cameron would play pre-recorded messages to the sleeping patients, sometimes for upwards of 15 hours a day. Cameron believed he could remove negative memories and habits through electroshock therapy and reprogram patients with positive affirmations through the playing of pre-recorded tapes a process he called psychic driving. The experiment was a disaster. Many of the patients were left severely damaged and suffered bouts of amnesia. Not all the secret mind control programs used synthetic drug injections. Many were interested in controlling the mind through more scientific methods of electrodes and microwaves. 
such as the works of Dr. Jose Delgado, Dr. Ross Addy, Alan Frey, and J.F. Scapitz. Each scientist had similar research methods that built on the previous discoveries. Funded by the Office of Naval Research, Dr. Jose Delgado studied mind control through electrical stimulation of the brain. By implanting a small probe, or stimaceiver, into a subject's brain, he could evoke a wide range of responses and emotions within them, such as elation, rage, deep concentration, and colorful responses. Similarly, Dr. Ross Addy of the University of California found that uh, by using specific radio waves, he could influence a subject's brain waves. Another scientist, Alan Frey, built upon Addy's findings and conducted experiments in which he would induce sleep within patients after subjecting them to specific electromagnetic waves. Both scientists conducted experiments using a LIDA machine, a Soviet device that bombards the brain with low-frequency radio waves. Using these experiments together with research of reproduced acoustic noises within patients' brains under a radar machine, Joseph C. Sharp, a doctor at the Walter Reed Army Institute of Research, was able to record the first successful voice-to-skull experiment in 1974, meaning he was able to transmit spoken words via pulsed microwaves directly into a colleague's brain. Fast forward to 1973. America is deep within the Watergate scandal, and fearing retribution, then-CIA Director Richard Helms ordered all MKUltra files destroyed. The following year, in 1974, the New York Times published a piece on the CIA's massive illegal domestic intelligence operation, which prompted investigation by U.S. Congress. The investigations were led by the Church Committee, led by Senator Frank Church of Idaho, and by the Rockefeller Commission, led by Vice President Nelson Rockefeller. Both investigations found evidence of MKUltra from a 1963 report, which survived Helms' attempt to destroy all evidence of the operation. Later, in 1977, a separate Senate hearing into MKUltra uncovered an additional 20,000 documents that were misfiled and thus survived Helms' attempt to destroy them. These documents added more light on the CIA's financing of mind control experiments and detailed the death of Dr. Frank Olson. To this day, the CIA asserts that any projects involving mind control or MKUltra are no longer in effect. However, many theorists are convinced the project continues to this day, perhaps under a different department or project name. Victor Marchetti, a retired special assistant to the deputy director of the CIA, stated in 1992 that Project MKUltra research continues today and any attempt by the CIA to say that the project is done is a cover story. Regardless whether MKUltra exists today, it is hard to deny the impact of the program. Many theorists, such as Jan Irvin, directly relate the MKUltra program to influencing the counterculture movement of the 1960s. Famous counterculture figures, such as Ken Kesey, author of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, and Robert Hunter of the band Grateful Dead, volunteered for MKUltra experiments involving LSD. Also, many infamous figures throughout history have claimed to be a part of MKUltra experiments. Ted Kaczynski, a.k.a. the Unabomber, Sirhan Sirhan, the assassin of Robert Kennedy, and Boston mobster Whitey Bulger all claim to have been part of MKUltra testing with LSD. The effects of MKUltra linger even today. Sensory deprivation, the use of illicit drugs, and sound waves are all commonplace tactics used in interrogation and torture scenarios across the globe. Did MKUltra ever cease? What forms does it take on today?
Noted MKUltra researcher John Marks, in his extraordinary book, The Search for the Manchurian Candidate, sums it up best. Totalitarian regimes will probably continue, as they have in the past, to search secretly for ways to manipulate the mind, no matter what the United States does. The prospect of being able to control people seems too enticing for most tyrants to give up. Yet, we as a country can defend ourselves without sending our own scientists, mad or otherwise, into a hidden war that violates our basic ethical and constitutional principles. Hey, we're back. That was our presentation of MK Ultra. Andy, what do you think? I think that MK Ultra is actually pretty scary. It's a very scary program, and I was thinking about that too. It's one of the scariest ones that when we were looking through some of the options that um, Bunker, the titular Bunker, uh, showed us, it, it, it's definitely one that is the most scary because it's hard to write off because there's there's so much of it that is like actual documented history. Like so much of it isn't conspiracy because you can look up the documents from the Senate hearing. You can look up the documents – the 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 Rockefeller report and all these things you can you can find them they're online they're, it's not speculation it's not speculation at all it's it's actual established fact with with government documentation yeah that if you if you say that it's not real then you almost have to go even further around it and say that well this is like false documentation meant to obfuscate some other deeper truth that we're not getting at so there's no in my mind, at least, there's no reason not to think, not to say that, yeah, it happened. And like, it's wild. Yeah. I mean, I, well, it's just, it's really crazy. <laughs> Part of it, well, and we'll get into like more of the discussion of the, because the actual conspiracy of it is, is it still going on today? And that's what Bunker really wants us to, you know, figure out. He obviously 100% believes yes. He himself believes that he was a MK Ultra right. subject. He thinks he's been MK Ultra'd. He's been MK Ultra'd multiple times. He says that he can be activated at any moment to go and assassinate foreign leaders through some kind of trigger word. He doesn't know what it is, though. Right. So, um, he, if you have a trigger word, it's always good that you not know what the trigger word is. Exactly. And that was part of the reason, too. And I don't, you know, we didn't really touch on this because. MKUltra itself is such a intense project, and um, it is it is a huge project, and it probably deserves more multiple episodes just to cover it because there's just so much to it. I mean, there's so many other experiments, like we said in the project, you know, like 129 sub projects. There's so much shit with it that it's just like to cover it all would take hours. Um, well, and it's such a it's such an interconnected web of varying scientific disciplines that are all trying to achieve the same thing i mean there's obviously this this uh this program of of extreme druggings and forced druggings but then it's also you know sound wave technology and 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 using like 
like nodes or or like implants in the brain to like transmit a message. I mean, it's hard to fathom that in like 1974 they pulsed using microwaves pulsed us like a message into someone's brain. Yeah, I think that's some of the stuff that is like uh, it gets a little bit like I I found most of that research, and we'll obviously we'll publish all of our links and whatnot, but. Some of that research I found through like, you know, conspiracy-esque websites where you're wondering how much of it is fact or fiction, but um, it looked very legit to me. And I, I mean, I, you know, I, I think I think all that, all the documented cases are definitely real. And there's a bunch we didn't even cover. Um, there's one that is like, if you look up MKUltra on the Wikipedia, it is like, it's terrible. Everything that happened here is terrible, but at the same right. time, like there is some humor to the way that the CIA conducted these early like there's so it's so like just like retro. It's just like, "Hey, let's just drop a couple hits of LSD in a cup and see what happens." Yeah, it's, guys. it's real like uh, like ham fist like sloppy. <laughs> like like the whole Olsen thing, like I mean, it's pretty it's disgusting cuz it's like this surreptitious drugging. Oh yeah. But then they're like Against one of their own people, yeah. uh, a man who was building biological weapons for the United States government, right. a great scientist. But it's 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 very like cartoony, yes, in a way because it's like, how are your drinks, gentlemen? <laughs> I'm sad to say that you've all been drugged without your knowledge. <laughs> now we wait and see what shall happen. <laughs> You know, it's also it's like that's my Sydney Gottlieb impression. It's a great impression, <laughs> and um, I think Saturday Night Live. Uh, Warren Michaels, like hello. <laughs> if you're hearing this, anybody? I only do bits about MK Ultra. <laughs> only MK Ultra characters, okay? Um, uh, shit, what was I gonna say? There is uh there was something I read about um. And I encourage everybody to read John Marx's book, which you can kind of find online and um, the search for the Manchurian candidate because he really goes in the in depth on the whole thing. But there was like I think one guy there, there was like nine scientists and they would meet at this lodge, you know, that was near Fort Diedrich where they worked. So they would like go meet in this remote lodge. And um, one of them was apparently like he didn't drink anymore. So like he got a Coke. Well, everyone else had like glasses of vodka or alcohol or something, and that's what they spiked with LSD. It's just like this one loser is just like sitting there with his <laughs> coke, like you know, the one dude who didn't couldn't party. <laughs> yeah, really, he really couldn't party. Yeah, <laughs> um, but it is it is so cartoonish the way they do everything, where they're just like, just like I don't know. Let's see what happens. Let's see. Uh, give them a bunch of synthetic drugs. I don't know. We'll see what happens. You you want some LSD? Let me know. But I mean, it's like very. It's very like. Um, governmenty right mm-hmm. to like the people that were subjects for this were like the people that were either the most easy for the CIA to manipulate or like people w- who were otherwise like segmented from yes. society at large so it's like people who are possibly forgotten yeah like they wouldn't nobody cares if a mental you know a mental patient or a drug addict or you know uh, stuff like that. Like if they say something, it's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, you know, yeah, they're right. not like, going to oh, be believed s- anyway. Yeah. It's like, oh, you were subject to mind control experiments. Like, okay, well. And so many monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The animal toll, if anything, probably, <laughs> this world. probably greater than the human toll. There's, um, speaking on that though, there is one project. Cause we had to pick, 
you know, based on Bunker's research, we had to pick which experiments we wanted to include. And so Olson and Cameron are kind of the big ones, those ones you can find them a lot of places. One of them, and it's right smack dab on the Wikipedia page for MKUltra, is uh, the CIA set up a brothel in like Sam, like out in the desert somewhere. And so like when all these dudes would come to the brothel to like go get laid, um, they actually would just be like locked in a room and like drugged with LSD. <laughs> and it's like, of course they're not going to say anything. Cause yeah, they're not right. going to say I got drugged at a brothel. It's like, <laughs> they can't say that. I went to a brothel and guess what? There were no prostitutes. It's like just that, a forced drugging. That shit is so evil. Like that's so diabolical. Like to yeah. think that like, it's like, that's like criminal shit, man. That's like, yeah, that's, it is criminal. I don't think like that. <laughs> no, like I would never, I mean, yeah. They can't say anything because they were at a, a legal brothel. Like we've, we've put them in this no win situation where th- we've set them up to break the law and then we did something even more illegal to them. The project is just so huge too. And, and there's so much stuff with um, Jan Irvin and, uh, some of the stuff that comes with him and his company and um, his findings on the connections to MKUltra with the counterculture movement, which kind of infects all the music and the the whole scene there in the 60s and 70s and stuff. And, you know, your listeners don't know this, but I know this because um, I know you. But listeners will know this after I say it, Andy, is that you are uh, a buckle huge, up, everybody. You're a huge Beach Boys fan. Your wife is a well-regarded Beach Boys scholar. Um, so I wonder if there's actually any, and maybe we could do a special episode. Maybe Bunker would let us do a special episode on just this. And if there's any Beach Boys connection to MKUltra, other conspiracy theories. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that uh, right offhand, although obviously the Beach Boys have a well-known connection to Charles Manson. Who is a big counterculture figure. Right. So probably MK Ultra. Right. It seems like He I seems mean, prime. Yeah. If if I was gonna say like who's someone famous that seems like an MK Ultra candidate, it's Charles Manson, probably. Uh but he like there's probably there's probably some connection. I mean, obviously they were a well known some of the band was well known LSD users. Were they? Yeah. Well, I know they did a ton of drugs. They did People a lot don't of drugs. Know that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of a lot of musicians do drugs, though. Like in the '60s, people were doing like. Acid. Do they? Yeah. Musicians do drugs. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, I was. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what did I re- read like a while ago that like? Well, color me surprised. In the '80s, Little Richard had like an thousand dollar a day cocaine habit or something oh yeah it's it's actually Man, nuts. it's probably like more than that actually it was probably more than <laughs> i like that seems low it seems low but that's not like un unheard of yeah i mean that's the thing well i mean we didn't bring this up in the research in the presentation either but um there's so many there's like uh it was like a well-known thing amongst musicians at the time to go to that dr harris isbell guy in Kentucky and you could like, you know, you could score some free drugs from him. Cause that dude, that dude loved drugs. I mean, you could say a lot about that guy, but like he loved drugs. He loved drugging people. He was very pro drug. I mean, really you can look it up on his Wikipedia that like, he was like a big proponent of marijuana. He was like, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, it should be legal. And he apparently liked a lot of other drugs too. He was very pro drug. 
Do we feel like, though, his pro-drug views just made him a good candidate for CIA use? Or were his pro-drug views part of his, like, CIA, you know, mission, so to speak, in MKUltra? Dude, I don't know. That's that's some heavy shit. Um, feel like... I feel like most of these people kind of become researchers first in the area that they're into, and then they kind of get absorbed yeah. by the CIA or some sort of CIA subproject or some kind of, you know, whatever. Um, like that's what happened with Olson. And there's actually a really neat documentary that I haven't finished. It's on Netflix right now. It's called Wormwood, and it, it's actually about Olson and the Olson family after his death and how they learn in the late '70s when MKUltra kind of got exposed that because they were told that their dad committed suicide right and so they learned later that he didn't and then they you know they sue the government blah 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 they got to meet president ford who publicly apologized to them wow which is something that never that doesn't happen and so anyway um he was a uh like an agriculture uh olson was like studying agriculture like how to grow shit mm-hmm. that was his that's what he studied at like in wisconsin and then some professor that he knew because during this PhD program or whatever he was doing, um, you know, was like, Hey, you should come over to Fort Diedrich. They're doing stuff. And then suddenly he's, he's growing, um, you know, biological weapons Yeah, for the government because that was big at the time during the cold war. So that's kind of, that's how I feel. I feel like most people are like, they start off with like military careers or whatever. And then somebody somewhere somehow, sees the potential in them. Yeah. Kind of draws them in. I think that's a I think that's a really valid uh way to look at it because most of these people that get involved in it that 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 we looked into they they already had an expertise that the CIA was trying to leverage more so than they got leveraged, you know, <laughs> directly into these yeah. these expertise. I don't know how I want to say that, but you get what I mean. No, you said it really well. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> um, I guess the the I mean the big conspiracy really, and the thing to discuss is is it still going on today? Because you know, obviously they're saying, uh, no, it's not it's right. done. We didn't. They they like you can read about how they say it was totally useless. We found nothing of interest, and it's like, come on. That's Nothing not of interest. Nothing like, of interest. Come on. Like really? Uh, there's there's tons of shit that they probably found that is, you know, easily still being used today. I I saw something when researching this as well about how like, uh, police forces or military forces have like, uh, for like non-lethal, um, like riot situations or whatever. You know, they'll have like these sound cannons. Yeah. That shit apparently was connected to MK Ultra. Like, yeah, there's so much shit like that. Like, they definitely found stuff from it too, and especially like what these drugs do at ridiculous doses, which seems kind of silly to us now because, of course, we know that. Right? Yeah, it seems like why would you have to? Why would you have to run so many experiments to prove this? Well, I mean, we don't know that. Well, right. I mean, I've never, I've never done acid. No. And I am listeners don't know this, but you and I know this is that I am a. I know this because I know you. You know this because you know me is that I am a proponent of teetotalism. 
I don't do any drugs. You're uh, so you're, I'm clean, man. I've never been compromised. Yeah. Well, I'm ready to lead the resistance. Art, here's the thing that does my head in about this. A lot of it was, and that's a lot because you have a big, head. I got a large skull. Uh, I've a lot of a lot of the experiments. There were a lot of experiments on like forced druggings or um, a surreptitious druggings of of subjects. Um, you know, electroshock therapy. The things that I think scared well, that was kind of commonplace at the time, yeah. too, which is a really fucking wild thing to think about. Yeah, although some of these like how barbaric we were, even up to like the fifties and sixties, it's just it's like I don't know. We'll just fucking shock them, like fucking the brain's electric. Sad. The brain's electric. Just overload it and see what happens. <laughs> but they it'll work them, out. They would give. I mean, I think they still. I have a degree in psychology. <laughs> Excuse me. I think they still use it today in, in very extreme cases. They will like give you a little, they'll give you a little jump, you know, like you're jumping a car. Yeah. But um, anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you saying? No, it's fine. Uh, but there, the I think the things that are the most scary is are these experiments where they place a thought in your head using microwaves that you could theoretically transmit your voice into another person's mind without their without their foreknowledge without their consent you know like like there's there's a lot of uh, radiation that's going on all around us right i mean you think about what your senses can perceive and even not uh, not us cuz we're trapped in an underground bunker right we're kind of safe from it we we hope oh yeah we don't know this podcast equipment didn't probably we the has. construction <laughs> That's true. We weren't here when this was constructed. I mean, we're only going based on reputation. Bunker, bunker says here. it's safe. And we have no reason to doubt him. He's yet. crazy enough to abduct two guys, two comedians. I feel like he would have done a good job on the bunker. That's right. But you're right. There is stuff floating around us that we can't see. Um, we can't taste it. We can't smell it. Um, there's waves floating around at all times. Um, and it is a little scary. There is a big scare now with like 5G. Yeah. That's kind of a big thing that you hear about how 5G is infecting our brains, all this stuff. Right. I remember when I was a little kid and maybe when you were a little kid too, if you were a little kid, cause I don't know, maybe you were never you, a little kid. You didn't kid. know me at that time. I didn't know you at that time. It, uh, there was a point in my life where I was a child. <laughs> all right. Okay. That's established. That when you were little, you weren't supposed to get too close to the microwave, you weren't supposed to get too close to the um, television either. Mm-hmm. So who, I yeah. mean, you, you're right. That's the shit that's the most scary because it's like, I don't understand that. I know that I'm not supposed to take LSD and I definitely know I'm not supposed to inject it, you know, for 77 days straight. I mean, fuck. You might remember too from like the early days of, of cell phones. Oh yeah. Like there was a lot of there was a lot of media that you were not supposed to keep a cell phone in your pocket because right. it would make you sterile. Make you sterile. Andy. And it happened to me. <laughs> Listeners don't know this. But uh now you do. I'm sterile. Uh biologically. <laughs> not because of cell phones. No, it is genetic. Um but there was a lot of there was a lot of media at the time that you know you weren't supposed to have cell phones in your pocket that you know using the cell phone for extended periods like 
would would warp your mind like that you could like the waves would get into your brain i remember that and, stuff and yeah. you know there was a lot of like cancer scare and stuff so i mean who knows how much do you buy into all that andy um typically when i hear stuff like that i'm like mm, is it though like that's how i go is it though because here's what i'm thinking like what's the evidence for it how many cases have been actually linked because a lot of times there's speculation and people say, well, it could be this, it could be that. Doctors might not be sure. That's not a that's not a proof, but a lot of times, you know, if they publish a study or something, the media will take it and 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 run off with it, and then it becomes a whole story unto itself where maybe there's not one that's warranted. Um you know, they're uh like vaccinations. Right. That's that's a big topic recently and that's especially an interesting topic for you because you have a child right fully vaccinated fully vaccinated child uh but the 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 person who was who was promoting um the that vaccines cause autism or lead to autism like that person was was like pretty much proven to like be working (laughs) for uh well I don't remember what the connection was but that guy was was compromised essentially like compromised he's working for yeah he was home, he, like he had he had a direct interest in like like saying that vaccines were bad like a financial interest oh okay and like his his studies didn't they were like shoddy and it wasn't well documented or anything he just he threw it out there and it it became a whole thing unto its own and you know not everybody has all the time in the world to dig through like scientific research on the topic. Right. So of course, like they say, Oh my God, like I don't want to like inadvertently cause my child to have autism. But then you bring back measles. (laughs) Yeah. And then, which is worse. Yeah. Like, I mean, pros and cons here. It's interesting. Stuff really does kind of get, ran away with and you kind of wonder you know there's so much stuff too with the cia it's such a hot it's such a hotbed for conspiracy theorists it's such a hotbed for like everything it's like you know digging through some of bunkers research it's just kind of like if it's not the cia it's the fucking aliens you know if it's yeah. it's either one or the two it's always one or the two it's the cia or it's the aliens the cia yeah. or it's the aliens. But the thing is, I think that why it's so enticing is it is unknown. Yeah. And there is this documented proof that they would do stuff to citizens. Me, is it still going on today? Uh, I see no reason why it wouldn't. There's no reason why, but I think in more covert forms. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm 100% convinced, and we'll get to our ratings on MKUltra in a minute. Um, But... I just see no reason why, like, a foreign entity, like, to protect ourselves, whatever you want to say that the reason they're doing it for, you know, why they would give up research. They, a lot of, you know, the, people just say, oh, they just moved it to a different name or they moved it to a more secret section of the CIA where you can't fucking find out about it. And maybe they just, it's like nobody found out about it in the 50s, 60s, until, like, the late 70s. Uh, and they were doing, like, the most obnoxious shit. <laughs> like, like it was, like, just full-on, like, straight-up drugging people big time. Like, 
77 days straight of LSD. So, okay, tighten it up a little bit, fellas. Like, you know, yeah. do things a little bit more covertly. <laughs> Canadians didn't find out about the Cameron stuff until like the mid 80s. Wow. Which is wild. Yeah. Um, all these people are like, oh, that's why I'm all fucked up. That's why I have amnesia. Right. Because I was, I was like electro drugged and all this other shit for like five days straight while I was in a mental hospital at McGill University. Yeah. Like these people end up in medical care yeah. and they're in a place where they're expected to be treated. And then, you know, you, you know, if, if their brain ends up getting like wiped a little bit from that time period, you know, they may have these like recurring symptoms years later that they just have no idea why. You know, do I think the idea that they're trying to create some sort of Manchurian candidate or super soldier, I don't know. That's tougher for me to buy into. Um, I'm a little skeptical on that. I am, however, I I don't think it's... I'd wager a bet that they're still doing experiments on unwilling participants for their own research, whatever that research might be. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? I mean, the goal could be, yeah, the goal could be much less ambitious because all they would have to do is say like, oh, if we could control one person's brain for one small thing, then you build on that. Like maybe you just have a a small intermediate goal. Plus, I mean, MKUltra was was a, a large grouping of sub projects. That's it's really possible that today that there's something that the CIA is working on that seems fairly innocuous on its face, but that ultimately the 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 information they gain from that they use for some deeper, more nefarious purpose. Yeah, that's a really good point because there was like so many different sub projects, and um, you know, I also think that. Uh, with technology being the way it is nowadays, like uh, there's like so many memes about how like the FBI is watching you through your webcam. It's like, you know, uh, there's so many memes about that. It's like, well, with technology being as advanced as it is now, it's like, I think it's actually probably easier for them to do something covertly involving the very technology that they're using. Um, You know, you don't really know you know, if your phone is or your laptop is recording you, yeah, uh, at any time, um, you know, do does that have to do with Manchurian candidatism? I don't know. Skeptical on it. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll agree with you to being skeptical on that, but I mean, I was skeptical when someone told me at one point to put a piece of paper over my webcam. You were. Yeah, I was like, oh, they can't do that. And then it was like, oh, oh that no, was that's... more because you wanted people to see well, you jacking off. <laughs> well, okay, that's personal preference, but I was like, they can't hack into it. You want this FBI? <laughs> I'll give you a show. G Man. <laughs> Gmail. G Gmail. Mr. Google. Dot gov. <laughs> you you frequently just Reggie jerk Google. Off. You frequently just jerk off to Gmail, right? Yeah. You're just like, it's just Gmail. Clean up that inbox and boy, watch me go. (laughs) Oh, jeez. But I was skeptical of that, but then it just became established fact. Yeah. Right? That like at any point they could look into your webcam. Oh, yeah. Like, Like Facebook could look into your webcam now. 
Well, that's what I get most embarrassed about too. Is like, what if it like fucking turns on and I don't know, I'm doing something stupid. Like sometimes yeah. when I when I work out at home, I'll do like a jump rope workout, and I I have this like YouTube follow along that I do, and I'm like, man. If some motherfucker at the NSA is like watching me right now, they probably think this shit is so fucking funny. Like me just jumping alone in my basement. Yeah, I've seen the YouTube video of you jump roping to the jump rope video on YouTube. That that made its way around. <laughs> That's a hot meme. Oh, it's hot. Yeah, I wasn't. I mean, it's like kind of we we already know that they spy on us. Like they take your metadata. Everybody, everything does everything. You sign up for fucking anything nowadays. It's like nobody reads a privacy policy. So why is it beyond any reasonable doubt that like they would do something else? Yeah. I mean, they basically say, and you have no choice, right? It's you have like, no choice. It's like you either agree, you either consent to it or you don't use the service. Like that's and the Bunker only way is like one of those guys. Yeah. That's yeah. the kind of, it's like, you want to be like him. You want to be like smelly and weird. <laughs> yeah. Totally ostracized from polite society because you can't participate in anything. There's literally nothing you can do. Yeah. Because if no matter what, like, gotta have an email. You, you consent to your personal information being a possible point of, of revenue generation for that corporation. So, Andy, with all of this in mind, what do you think? What's your final verdict on this? MK Ultra project on this conspiracy theory. Did it convince you? Are you still a skeptic? Where do you rate it on a scale of plausibility to not plausible? Which is a scientific scale. It's a very well documented scale. It's it's very validated. So here's the thing. MK Ultra, we can't really deny there's government no. proof. Uh you know, there's documents, they had hearings. It's out in the open. Like MK Ultra was a thing. These things happened in the past. Right. I think the real question is, is it still going on? Right. And I'll be honest with you. I didn't, I don't feel convinced that it definitely is, Mm. but I also don't feel convinced that there's no way that it's happening. There's some things that I get to a point where I say, I feel like the evidence is so not compelling that I don't believe that that's a thing. I don't feel that way with MK Ultra. I don't. Th- I I think that because it got exposed, you know, maybe it went dark for a little while, but it could come back. It could be going on right now. I have no idea. And I. So if I had to put it between, I would say it's plausible. 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 I I won't go all in and say that it's a certainty, Mm. but I'll say it's plausible that it's still ongoing. And that's my final verdict. Plausible out of 10. Bunker's got to be happy with that one. Yeah, he's probably thrilled. For me, Andy, I think I am in a similar vein with you. We're both swimming around in this vein. Both in the same vessel. We're in this vessel uh, together, and we're in this bunker together. Um, Yeah, I think I'm not... 100% 100% convinced because I but I I I definitely think it's plausible but I think I'm a little bit farther than you because I just think that there's no reason not to. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that like I'm advocating for it. Don't get me wrong listeners. I'm not advocating for it. I do not work for the CIA. I do not work for the CIA. 
I've never done a drug, unless you count acne cream, which is a drug. I do. I do that. And I... Teetotaler my ass. <laughs> You're a fraud, you coward. <laughs> um, I'm compromised, baby. Ooh. I'm MK Art. <laughs> that was a subproject. They tried to get me. And they, they got did. they got their hooks in deep. They got their hooks in deep. Um, I think I'm a little bit. Far, I, I just think that like there's so much like there's just no reason why they wouldn't stop it or continue doing it or uh, in some facet or some property. You know the thing is like so I'm definitely I'm I'm like what's what's a word that's higher than plausible but not confirmed. Uh, super plausible. <laughs> yeah, super plausible. I'm greatly plausible. Highly plausible. Uh, highly. I'm, I'm super plausible. Say, what if you said nearly convinced? I'm plausible plus. Plus, yeah. Out of 10. Out of 10. I'm plausible plus out of 10. Yeah. On MK Ultra. Fair. Um, You know, uh, Andy, um, I'm wondering, I guess, as we wrap up the project here, I wonder if we should maybe let the listeners know what you think your uh, MK Ultra trigger word would be. What's the word that unlocks your brain and turns you into a fucking assassin? Do you think you'd make a good assassin? Oh no, not not even a little bit. I mean, I guess the thing about Dude. MK Ultra is that, like, even despite all of the glaringly bad like aspects of me from an assassin's point of view, is that. They could just reprogram me to be pretty good at it, right? Well, no, I don't think that's it. I think it's more of it's getting people to forget that they even did it so that they can't give up any secrets. So, like, it's, you got to get somebody who's assassin, good. Yeah. Send an assassin yeah. overseas. They do the deed, um, you know, real cool style. <laughs> like, they do, they kill, the, they kill the target. Right. In a really cool way. Uh, and then when they get captured by whoever and they're getting interrogated, they literally have no memory of it because their their brain just got wiped. Right. Because someone said the word cabbage, you know, or some maybe a less common word. Piccadilly. Or something. <laughs> Piccadilly, sir. That would be bad if you were in the UK. Oh, boy. <laughs> I live in London. <laughs> you used to. I can't stop assassinating. <laughs> um, what would my trigger word be? Oh, man, I don't know. The only thing that I can even think of, and maybe this is like the CIA triggering me, um, you know, without my knowledge, is Bananas Foster. Ooh, delicious dessert. So you go over- I get my just desserts. You go over to some foreign country for some reason. Maybe your work sends you out there. I I end up somewhere in a foreign country. I end up somewhere in a foreign country. Yeah. I pull off the most action movie worthy assassination of all time. No, I don't think you do. Uh, I think you I go out to dinner, it. fumble through it. You know, no, no, no. You can, you can do it. Lots of twirls and twists. I think you go out to dinner because you gotta be guided by. Okay, here's here's what it is. You go out to some foreign country, right? And you're about to. You go to like some restaurant for work. You know, and like you don't know this, but there's like a CIA operative dining with you. They've been following you the whole time. You're unaware, um, just like real life. <laughs> and uh, you're sitting Could there, be. you're eating, and they're like, "Oh, what do you want for dessert, sir?" 
It's complimentary. And the CIA operative leans over and he says, Bananas Foster. Try the Bananas Foster. <laughs> I don't know why he's whispering in your ear you ASMR style. Like, hey, you should try the Bananas <laughs> that's, Foster. That's more what he probably says, yeah. He leans over and he says, try the Bananas Foster. All of a sudden, your fucking eyes roll into the back of your head. You fucking flip the table, stand up, and you kill somebody. You kill. You don't even realize that there's the foreign agent sitting across from you, and then you kill Right, I don't know who the person is or anything. And then all of a sudden, you're like, what the fuck? Like, you do it. I think that's how it would go down, Andy. Wow. And maybe it has, Anybody and I don't remember. A gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've done it before. Even you. I've done it before. And it still hurts. Yeah. That gunshot wound. Yep. I can't claim to be a good aim. <laughs> to be fair, I was standing next to the target <laughs> wearing a similar shoot colored here, t-shirt. Yeah. Here. I had a I had a big shirt on that said the legend with an arrow pointing at my penis. Yeah. It was distracting. <laughs> And you weren't wearing any pants. No, I wasn't. I don't frequently, especially when going to gun ranges. ranges. I don't like wearing pants there. Gun rages. Man, that's pretty... I think that's pretty accurate, Andy. I think that's how it would go down for you. Wow, what a life. There you have it. Hey, listeners, um, tweeted us. What do you think your CIA trigger word is? What do you think your MKUltra trigger word is? Not words that trigger you. Your literal right. MK Ultra trigger. Right, your word. MK Ultra word. Uh, tweeted us, hashtag uh, my MK Ultra trigger word at mrbunkerpod.com. Wait, that Mr. Bunker Pod on Twitter. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know our Twitter handle for a minute there. Let's get We a, just set it up, okay? Bunker just had to set up all these social media accounts for the podcast. Tweeted us, hashtag my MK Ultra trigger word. Let us know what you think your MKUltra scenario is. Is there some way we could make the hashtag longer? <laughs> you got 144 characters. You'll be fine. Actually, I think it's longer now. Yeah, you got 200-something. Uh, yeah, I guess. Your trigger word's only one word or two words. It's not going to be very much. All right. Well, Andy, that wraps up um, MKUltra. Wow. What a journey. What a journey. Um, folks, thanks for coming along on this journey with us. And uh, I don't know how long we'll be down here in this bunker. This might be the only episode we ever do if we escape somehow in the coming week. I don't know. Um, I don't know how long we're going to be down here. Time will tell. We'll just have to play it by ear. Okay. Well, goodbye. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read.